All right. Welcome to the 15th episode of Off the Cuff Podcast with your host, AJ from Crafted and NJ. And tonight I have the smoking hot maker. And yes, he looks pretty handsome. And then also he does some amazing work with smokers, uh, you know, for smoking meats. And I have the one, the only Chris from Green Money Fab on Instagram. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? You know, hanging in there. Just long day at work, <laughs> like always. Yeah, same I'm su- here. I'm surprised I'm not a fall. <laughs> I I last last time I spoke with you know Keith from Blackthorn Concepts. Yeah. Okay. Last time uh, I was going to record with him, I fell asleep on the couch, and he was texting me and messaging me and <laughs> saying like, "What are we doing?" And I woke up, I think, like three hours later, and I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot I had to record with you." So luckily I didn't fall asleep on you. And now then you're wondering where I'm at. So that's, that's a, it was a long day for everybody. Was it a weird day for you? Like, uh, it was, I was down in Atlantic city for the past couple of days and Mm -hmm. it looked like silent Hill the entire time I was down there. (laughs) The fog was horrible. So coming back up and actually seeing the sun again was just odd to begin with. Yeah. But I actually, I was in a hotel right on the, right on the ocean. I didn't even know it was on the ocean. Oh, Wow. Yeah, for the first three days, you couldn't even see it. Wow! 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 Yeah, it was, wow! It was interesting. That's crazy, but yeah, it it was a weird. You know, usually with full moons, you know, everyone says you know the crazies come out right before the full moon. Um, yeah, it, it's like a week until we have a full moon. I only know that because my wife, you know, she looked it up on her phone, so I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> it's a week. And um, the crazies were out today. Today was one of those crazy crazy days between people between just running around like a chicken without a head and uh just you name it i had to do it today yeah oh i just noticed that's a badass computer behind you yeah so i actually uh my my you know fiance and myself built this for my stepson Uh, it's his gaming computer that thing is awesome yeah he uh I actually use it for cad now more than he does for (laughs) gaming he has his xbox actually hooked up to the monitor but um, it's it's uh, it was actually a lot of fun. I haven't built a computer in years. Oh wow! So it was it was interesting to build a computer again. I haven't had to do that in a long time. It, so. Did you 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 used to build them for fun or just for yourself? When I was a kid, I used to take them apart and figure it out. My dad usually has to he would have to step in and try and help me get it back together because it was <laughs> our family computer. So I would rip it apart and then have to go knocking on his door like, "Hey, the computer doesn't work again." Or uh, I remember. I think I was like seven years old with our, one of our first computers. I remember seeing that movie Hackers with Angelina Jolie. Uh-huh. And then uh, I decided I wanted to, uh, what do you call it, uh, segment the hard drive in mm-hmm. multiple different drives. And yeah, I crashed the whole computer. And then oh, my, dad was a, my dad was a copy technician for 40 years. Okay. So he worked with computers his whole life. And he went to computer school back in the late 70s. And like he did all that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was not happy with me at all. <laughs> Man, you brought up some childhood memories of myself. I I had a telescope one time, and my parent my parents got it for me for Christmas or something. And of course, you know the tinker in my brain was like, take it apart. And so I took it all apart, and lo and behold, I couldn't get it back together. My father couldn't figure yeah. it out, so we had to throw it out. And let me, let me tell you, my father was not a happy camper. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we all kind of started off like that, taking stuff apart and kind of because that's what I was with like that with VCRs. And then we actually my mom uh, back in the day, she used to do like pottery and we used to have our own kiln in the basement and everything else. So um, what I used to do is 
I used to go in there and make like little clay things and sneak them in when she was doing customer projects and everything else. <laughs> and then my dad and my grandfather were, well, I always used to say my grandpa was too cheap to do anything or to, okay. to pay anybody to do anything. <laughs> so we learned how to do masonry and plumbing and electrical and everything else. Okay. So I remember back in the, you know, being five and six years old, building stuff like building decks with my dad or building cabinets and then also taking everything apart. And Oh yeah. That's yeah. how you learn. And, and yeah, you know, f- just from hearing it, you know, starting out early, it's, it's, you know, that it all stemmed from your childhood, you know, being oh yeah in the spot that you're in now. I mean, I can remember times where I was always thinking of something to like, I always wanted to know the inner workings of something. And <clears throat> that still holds true to today. Like I love taking something apart, seeing how it works, seeing what makes it work. And all those little fine inner details that, you know, by looking at it, like if you look at an engine, you go, okay, I know the concept of how it works, but like what's yeah. actually in it that's making it work. And to take it apart and then be able to to take it apart and also put it back together that's you know that's yeah that's where that's where the skill actually comes in (laughs) is being able to reassemble it anyone can take it apart oh yeah i mean all you need is a hammer and a (laughs) a pair of pliers you can take anything apart but we uh, i was actually just talking to my buddy about this on my way home and we were talking about how like if you i I bring i bring buses for warranty work all the time back Mm -hmm. and they're like oh it's fixed that's not what I want to know. Why did it break? Like, yeah. tell me what happened that way. I can make sure to look for it in the future or oh, yeah. show me this bulletin that I can actually go through and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten to the point now where I'm lucky enough to where my manufacturers, they all go here, you try and fix it first. Cause we don't have time to do it. Yeah. And then yeah. they'll let me do it. And then if I find something I'm like, Oh, well, what'd you do? Cause we haven't had the f- chance to figure that out yet. Yeah. So I've been lucky enough to where, now I have like inner workings with people where they explain what they did instead of just saying, here you go, it's fixed. Man, it, it we're kind of living the, almost the same life on that because <laughs> at our job, we we do transport refrigeration and I know you've seen, you know, my stories popping up and um, oh yeah, I, I've been there for over 17 years and I, I thoroughly enjoy it because I've worked literally from the ground up and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm good at what I do now and I see some of these kids that we work with and I call them kids. Cause you know, I'm, I'm the ancient age of 33 and I'll be 34 yeah. next month. So I'm 34 now. So, okay. So we're right there with each other. Yeah. So you definitely feel my pain, but like people in their twenties, like early twenties that you go like, uh, what, what's the unit need? And they go, it needs a belt. Why does it need a belt? Well, it's broke. Well, why did it break? Why did it break? Oh, I don't know. It's just broken. And I'm like, but there's a reason it broke. It did. It just doesn't break. You know, yeah, no, that's what they call it. Cause and effect, not just effect. <laughs> I'm like, just give it, give it a little more. Detail. Yeah. Just give it some thought. Was it? Cracked? I have, I mean, I've worked with people and I do work with people that sometimes they're like, Oh, well, I got to rewire this whole thing. Why? Well, why? It wasn't designed to be that way. Nah, that's obviously not true. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. a it's just it's just an excuse to be able to you don't want to sit there and do the voltage drop test you don't want to go yeah, through yeah. and diagnose why it's actually failing you know you can fix it by just running a wire across each other all right that's great yeah. well what's it affecting in that circuit oh yeah and uh, it's i get into many arguments with one of my guys about that a lot dude but, i i hate i will stay it to the day i die i hate electrical work i can't stand it for the life of me especially you give me the dirtiest piece of equipment <laughs> 
and I'd say like rebuild the whole thing, I'll do it. I love that. If you said, hey, this has an electrical issue and you have to figure it out wire by wire, I'm like, oh, fuck, man. Well, so you know what? You know what's hilarious? So back when I was in high school, before I went to tech school, I said, I'm never working on that electronic crap. I don't have anything to do with that. I was going to, I'm going to go work on old trucks and old cars and mm -hmm. never going to have to worry about that. And now one of my favorite things to do is to have a laptop in front of me and going through the individual PIDs and trying to figure yep. out, okay, well, why is this SCR system not working correctly? Yeah. Why is this emission system getting clogged up? How come this bus is doing this or why is it doing that? And actually like really going through or my favorite thing in the world is literally rewire things. So, oh, yeah like lay out schematics and then go through and actually make them come to life. Yeah, and yeah. I never used, I used to hate doing that with a passion. <laughs> and then I don't know what happened. I mean, I worked out of tech school. I went to, um, went to work for a bus company right out of tech school. And then from there, I was tired of getting pneumonia, changing transmissions out on a piece of plywood out <laughs> in the middle of a snowstorm. So I went to go work for Chevy. Then my buddy who I went to tech school with got me a job at Ford. Okay. And then, one of the guys, it's funny, one of the guys that I worked with at Chevy ended up saying, screw this and went to go be a tool guy. And then I was like two days away from quitting. I was like, I'm not wow. going to deal with this diesel stuff. I was like, I'm going to be a cop or I'll do something. I'll, I'll figure something out. <laughs> and he goes, hey, the school district down the road is hiring. You need to get your stuff in there right away. And they knew I had bus experience. Okay. So, and apparently that's more of a niche area than I thought it was back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I went down, interviewed. It was an interesting process for the interview to say the least, but I got the job and then that was going on 14 years ago now. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I've been, been in the state for 21 years old, or since I was 21 rather. Wow. So Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, is it school buses or is it uh, like transportation? Yeah. So it's school buses, pickup trucks, uh, like it's all based on school stuff. Okay. So our B and G trucks are being, and then also I help with the DPW stuff sometimes. And, mm -hmm. What and you then, need to do is you were mentioning emissions before. What you have to do is you just to delete all of the, the school. I buses. would love to. I would love to. <laughs> I, uh, you have no idea. We have uh so I've always loved Detroit's like I always like Detroit was always such a huge name of diesel. Oh yeah. And then we get these DB fives and I put my, I put my ass on the line a little bit for them. I'm like, uh, it's, it's Detroit. I mean, how hard could, well, yeah, the DD fives in our area of New Jersey, it's, they've been an absolute nightmare. I got 15 of them and it's constant emissions problems. Of course. So, and of course, since I have the most of them and I want to know why they're broken, yep. I know more about them than a lot of people do. So I get phone calls all the time. Like, Hey, how'd you fix this? Or why'd you yep. do this? Or I had dealership people calling me, asking me how to access certain things in the software. Wow. Because they hadn't been shown how to do it yet because it was, and I was already trying to tear the thing apart. And oh, yeah. so it's my inquisitive nature usually bites me in the ass every once in a while. But man, it, it's, I feel like I'm talking to myself at this point because <laughs> I can, I can relate 1000% to that. It's every single time I'm too nosy for my own good. Yeah. Oh, because, 100%. you know, I always, because I've been there for so long, I've seen so many different things. And then I learn, I'm a quick learner with certain things. And I see some of the other guys doing something and, and maybe I'll be like, you know, maybe like, let me look at it. What Maybe I could help figure it out. And now three hours later, I'm still helping them because now I'm so involved in it at this yep. point. Now it became my baby. And I'm like, what? I could have been doing something else that I really wanted to do. Exactly. So like I had a, I had a, a truck that I was working on. It was an electrical problem. 
And generally in my show, there's four guys, including myself. Mm-hmm. I really don't do get a chance to do much work anymore. I'm, I'm basically like a paper pusher. I get a, I get out in the shop every once in a while, but it's once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. I'm usually either helping with office stuff or help or doing my own stuff or doing bid specs and doing all that wonderful stuff that I somehow got dragged <laughs> into. But uh, so this was a and g truck and I'm working on it, working on it. I can't figure it out. I know the one module is bad. It has to be bad. And then one of my other guys who is the one who usually just runs new wires looks at it and goes, Oh, well, what's that power wire? I'm like, yeah, that has nothing to do with it. I, I had seen it was corroded and it's like, that's not even on the same connector it has nothing to do with it. Yeah. He yeah. replaces it. Everything comes back. I'm like, <laughs> I just spent two weeks on this thing. It was the stupidest <laughs> thing possible. And it was just, yeah, it was wow. every once in a while. Once you get that complete, like he just hot now, now it's his baby. Cause he inherited it. Cause he did the same thing where, he started yeah. helping me and then i was gone because i was at maker camp yeah yeah so when i was up in maker camp i didn't think about it at all and i i had wrote a note when i made the schedule i was like you can look at this if you have time and all he saw was you can look at this and just uh. beeline for it and he's it's, it's i was like cool it's your baby now i got nothing to worry about yeah but yeah he's exactly. you know he's busting at like he he spent a lot of time going because uh, it's a plow truck so okay. they don't wash it they don't do anything really with it so it's corroded to hell and oh yeah should have been replaced six times over already but jesus yeah, of course well, it it's always that corrosion oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah they yeah, they run them until they die and they don't care yeah. at that point no no i'm lucky that i have three really good guys who work with me who they bust my balls like they don't let me forget that i bought those detroits <laughs> so they do not let me forget ever that we have a sign in our shop that says detroit sucks like, <laughs> it's constantly in there i always get reminded about it but at the same time like they're unlucky that they're incredibly intelligent and they all hop on it and for as much as they bust my balls about it they all like hey this is happening i gotta do this this and this all right cool yeah like that's why i was able to leave for maker camp that's why i was able to leave this week like i can just leave i know everything's gonna get done yeah so i'm very thankfully because i I haven't had that in all shops because i've been running shops since i was 21 wow that's awesome kind of fell into that too but. I got a quick question about Detroit's and then I got a couple more shop questions for you. Um, sure. With the Detroit's, those specific ones um, are, do they have a, if, if you hear a ticking noise is cause I went on TikTok university and I watched a video and somebody was explaining on Detroit's. If you hear a, a, a ticking up on the top end, they said the valves, something happens. They wear out on the valves. I don't know if this is the same Detroit, so those, I believe that's on like the bigger ones because okay. the small, like the, the, the little DD fives that we work on, they're four cylinder diesels, but they're variable wow. valve timing. Oh. So they basically have gigantic cam phasers in them to try and move the, the cams around. Yep. Once you go into the DD eights and further up, they're all just, I believe they're all just solid valves, mm-hmm. but they have, I, I have heard about a valve timing, a valve issue where like the, uh, the rocker bridges loosen up yep. and then it starts tapping real bad. Yeah. But yeah. On the. The DD5s, I haven't had them long enough, thankfully, to actually hear about any of that. Like, they haven't been out that long. But um, I hear about people, like, I'm one of the few. Apparently, I have the most problems because I have. I think I have the second most in the state. Oh. So when it comes to emissions, I have the most problems because I, my so driver's many. just – well, I have everything set up so I get all my alerts on my phone. So I see it the second oh. anything happens. And then I'm like, all right, well, i got to fix this now. i got to fix this now. i got to fix this now. I know a lot of guys where they just close their eyes and just drive until it breaks and then they send it. So how much do you regret putting those notifications on your phone? Um, 
It depends on the day. So like I was, when I was gone for this past week, I told my head mechanic and my other guys, I'm like, listen, you guys make the schedule. You guys do what you got to do. It's, I don't want to know what's going on unless something mm. like major happens. Don't tell me. And I did the same thing for when I was at maker camp too. I was like, I don't want to know what happens unless something major happens. <laughs> and then, but I could just see like, Oh, Cummins has a check engine light. Cummins has a check engine light. Detroit has a check engine light. A van has a check engine. I'm like, I have 72 vehicles. So the chances of having a check engine light on every day are pretty high. Yeah, so, yeah. Especially because it's stupid stuff. Like I even get like they even said check engine lights now if they don't wait for the wait to start to turn off. Really? Yeah. So on wow. Cummins, if you don't wait that like ten to fifteen seconds, it'll pop a code, and if it doesn't enough, it'll actually derate the engine. Wow, that yeah, is. Dumb. I could understand if it's ice cold out and it's having a hard time starting, but like, Oh yeah, no, no. Even if you like, if it's for whatever reason, if the ambient temperature sensor isn't reading correctly, <laughs> it may say, it may think it's 30 degrees out. So it keeps, oh. keeps the, the, the pocket or the, uh, the grid heater on. Yeah. Well, it'll won't check a, won't throw a code for it. Cause it's not totally shorted yet, but it'll get pissed off if you don't wait for the wait to start, even though you don't need it at all. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, it's little like little tidbits you pick up, and then my guys are actually sometimes are half the time telling me this, and I don't even know about it because I haven't had the dot. They usually handle it before it gets to me. Yeah, yeah. So usually by the time if I get involved with something, it's a bus that there's either a couple buses that are having the same issue, or they're busy driving and they're doing something else, and no one else is there except for me to work on it. So okay, it makes Wish. sense. Makes sense. It, yeah, those little someday. those little those little four cylinder um dd fives those are in a large school bus yeah yeah they make the same power and torque that a, a six seven comes does wow that is insane yeah, once once the turbo spools up on those things they take off like they can definitely be rockets wow so yeah I, the only problem is that the the lag from the engagement from when you first take off the line to the actual kicking on it's it feels like an old like six nine ford sometimes oh, where you man. like you hammer into it and there's you're just like all right wait i'm not going anywhere yet so oh man and they have um single turbos or uh twins probably singles. those are I, be, I, be, I believe they're considered don't quote me because i actually don't remember but i believe they're considered like almost like a series parallel so it's okay. technically i believe it's either a compound or something to that effect Okay. I haven't had to really mess with it, and I haven't looked at the actual engine in a long time, so I don't remember. <laughs> I hate to say that, but yeah, it's, it's, all right. it's, it's it hasn't it hasn't been on my mind in a while as far as like getting that far into it because we've been having so many emissions problems that aren't related to the turbo. Surprisingly, like everything on a Cummins is related to a turbo almost. It seems mm -hmm. like, but it's just the uh, on the Detroit's. It's just like everything has to do from the back of the turbo all the way out it's like it seems like every single time so you're just it's putting too much def in it's not putting enough def in this isn't getting hot enough this is getting too hot this is uh, <laughs> stupid yeah it's dumb sensors are the the downfall to like any new equipment you well because one little sensor can throw your whole day off like you were talking about mm -hmm. the ambient sensor if it's reading incorrect you're going to go into a d rate just for absolutely no reason and it's yep. this little sensor. Well, what's funny is when the Detroit's, the DD5s first came out, they didn't have it. They, they, they didn't have their fuel maps set up for this kind of cold climate, at least the ones that were released to us. So 
they actually put out a, a reprogram for it where it changed the fuel mapping around. It still didn't help, but we actually had engines where with a DD5, I was told one of the dealers did this. They literally just looped the upper and lower radiator hose and took the thermostat out and like literally blocked everything off to where there was no coolant flow whatsoever through any external radiators. And it didn't get above 150 degrees. Wow. Like it's a super efficient engine, but it's actually almost to the point where it's too efficient for itself. Yeah. Do you, I have a feeling like this is way too creepy because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm talking to myself right now because (laughs) our units are the same exact way. We, we say almost the same exact things at our shop. We, you know, we can go from an old unit where it was still computer controlled, but it wasn't so smart. Now, they made these things with so dumb. If the engine RPM is off by, let's just say 10 or 15 RPMs, it'll, it'll put um, our units into a, a state of where it'll barely cool. So it won't cool. It'll throw all these cooling codes for absolutely no reason because the RPMs are a little bit off. Yep. And it's like they, they made them too smart for their own good. And that's that's kind of across the board with any technology oh, yeah. now. The well, what's automotive... crazy is they're, they're smart for their own good, but they're also still really stupid. And they are. They <laughs> We're going like it's because it, instead of the unit saying like, hey, you know, I, I'm noticing my RPMs are low. It's going to throw us these codes for cooling. And we're going, so now we're chasing our tails on something completely different. Meanwhile, it's not even that. It was just the turn of a little screw and then the whole thing's fixed. Yep. I mean, the the new computers and, and new cars and manufacturers, they can throw you for such a loop because you'll be looking in full left. And then meanwhile, like, like the power cable, like you were just talking about, why would that have anything to do with it? That's not even on the same circuit. Well, sure as shit, it does, you know? Exactly. Well, so like my, uh, my CNC that's in the garage. I wanted to just neaten up the wires. I had an old serial cable. I just, I didn't do anything. Didn't crimp it. All I did was just put it in a loop, probably about like that big. Uh-huh. Zip tied it, kind of hung it up on the side. All of a sudden, it's uh-huh. not responding to anything. Like, what the <laughs> hell's going on? And then I just poked the cable and all of a sudden everything starts working again. I'm like, uh-huh. this thing has been hanging, getting moved left and right. I've never had it not interpret my like what i want and then all of a sudden i try to make it neat and yeah. it just shits the bed I'm oh like, yeah doesn't make any sense it, it, it's because you had to you had to coil it that's the thing yeah, once exactly. you coiled I, it i had to try and make it nice now it created an <laughs> electromagnetic field and it, all the information's going all wonky my uh my now service manager he was telling us that when we were installing our units um he would always say don't wrap it in you know a specific loop he says if you're going to wrap it then you like close it a little bit so it's more like an oval and i'm like whatever that's not going to do anything and it's a data wire so it's it's from the controller that you your human interface that you press and then it controls the unit and he's like no sure shit it will screw something up and i was like yeah now i'm hearing you talk about it and i guess he's right well and that's the thing is that i actually i just watched an instagram video where uh a guy was just showing two just static uh, electromagnetic coils. And then you get it closer. And then, I mean, because that's all speakers are, is electromagnetic coils. But he gets it close enough to where it'll do wireless transfer of sound. Wow. And I was like, oh, all right. And then he was actually showing the whole, like, this, the 
the cycle of the electrons moving through the air and everything else. And I knew all that from doing everything else, but I, it's it's funny when you don't apply that to other mm-hmm. areas. So like with twisted pairs on, you know, 1959 or uh, 1939 circuits and stuff like that, if you don't have it grounded or if you don't have it properly shielded, yeah, it'll easily come back and cause you tons of interference. Oh, yeah. And then, well, for all I know on the serial data cable, the shielding could be bad. Now all of a sudden <laughs> I made just a huge electromagnet, you know, obviously a very low field, but enough to where it's not going to create, it's not going to actually tell the computer what I want to know. Oh yeah. And it just gets I was lost. like, all right. Yeah. I was like, oh, all right. I guess I found that out the hard way. <laughs> of course. That's how it always works. Yeah. But, I I could I could probably talk to you for a few hours about the the emission stuff so, and whatnot. Like I said, I could talk for hours about anything. It's you it's weren't a, lying. It's a gift and a uh, gift and a curse. Well, it, it could definitely. Don't worry. We're gonna. I'm gonna have you. I can already <laughs> tell you. I'm having you back on very soon because we're gonna dive more into how we both look at our our equipment and and pretty much like think why did they do it this way and i guarantee you could probably give me a thousand stories of looking at a bus saying what stupid engineer thought of this and then who would have in their right mind ever done it this way so i know yeah yeah i mean any any, anybody who does any kind of automotive (laughs) anything i mean that's our most hated enemy whenever it comes to being a mechanic as an engineer Absolutely. Whoever so, came up with the idea of cradle drops should be hung. I, you're going to have to enlighten me on that. I don't know. So what... on uh, uh, on like smaller cars that are unibodies, they have the cradle drops where the whole thing comes out. Well, that's all well and good if you have a way of lifting the car high enough to get the oh, engine trans out. It, as you and, s- started talking, yeah, okay. So it's all, all in one cradle. Yeah. yeah, instead of being able to just actually have like the room to pull. You know, like even with the F-350s and 250s, they were designed to pull the cab off. Yeah. I, I mean, I pulled out a 6.0 and a 7.3 without pulling the oh. cab. Oh, yeah. But then if you try to do a 6.4, 6.7, or a 7.3 without pulling the cab, you're going to want to drive that truck right off the cliff. <laughs> have, like it's a nightmare. Have you ever tried dicking with the 6.4 twin turbos by any chance? Yeah. So I, luckily, I was getting out of Ford just as that was coming into like full effect. <laughs> But that was where I first found out during training that they actually designed it to where, like, obviously you had the bulkhead connectors and the quick connects, but you could actually, like, that was one of the reasons why they ended up putting the stainless steel flex cables or uh, brake lines uh-huh. on the master cylinder because you could un- just unbolt it and just kind of let it hang. Wow. And you're not going to end up breaking anything. So they did that with a lot of things in anticipation of having to pull the body just to wow. work on the heads. Yeah, it was wow. part of the, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it still is. I could be wrong now, but. It used to be part of the Ford recommended service information is disconnect all this and pull the cap. Wow. That's, yeah. that is insane. I, I, I bring up the six, four because my buddy bought one and I think he had an issue with the twins and, um, he came to realize that I think he was gonna, let me think of this. He was going to swap it out for a single, a large single. And he wasn't pulling the cab. He wasn't pulling the engine. And he said, we're going to try it. And sure as shit, he somehow snuck the twins between. Oh yeah, but it wasn't fun. It no, was not no, fun at all. Fun. No, it's, I remember with the six liters, they used to tell us you have to take the you have to, if you don't want to pull the cab, you would either have to pull the evap housing out for like all the uh, the HVAC stuff like uh-huh. the AC, or you pull the motor mounts out and drop it down onto the uh, onto the lower subframe. Jeez. That way, it's resting on the oil pan. That way, you can get to it. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, it was it was a pain in the ass. 
Let me tell or you. Or tear up your arms and break your back trying to rip this 120 pound cylinder head out. And oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah no, I, I didn't, I had to do on my, uh, I had an 01 F250 that I had sold regrettably, but it, it was giving me problems after a while. It was still, it was still running great and whatnot. Just, I needed something else. And, um, I told the guy, I said, look, he was really nice guy. He's a cop and, um, really, really nice guy. And he said, you know, any work that needs to be done, can I bring it to you? And I was like, yeah, no problem. One time he came back and I knew the oil pan was going to start leaking and Ooh, sure yeah. as shit, it started leaking. And back then I was, uh, still on my, uh, I, I, I'm actually, uh, like five and change years sober at this point, but. I, that was during my so sobriety journey that I was like, let me keep my mind busy as possible. So I said to yeah, him, I was like, definitely. yeah, no problem. I'll rip the engine out and do the oil pan. And that was a, that was a nightmare. And I had to, oh, yeah. I almost had to do it twice. Um, because the, yeah. the pan gasket, I don't know if, if you're familiar with the, the new style that was a rubber gasket. Well, the back mm -hmm. end of it fell into the pan and yep. it started leaking from there. And I was like, yo, I'm not, I'm not ripping this engine out again. And sure as shit, I was able to lower the pan a little bit and snake that little gasket back out. But man, that, that was a nightmare. So when I was doing the seven threes, I had to do, I don't know, probably I think 10 or 12 in my nice. one year when I was at Ford. I was there for like a year and like two months. Um, but I was able to, so I, I was pretty sure at that point that my foreman really wasn't a huge fan of me because he would give me, like he would give the one kid ball joints, breaks, you know, all the gravy jobs. Of course. And then I would get like NVH, like the noise, vibration and harshness stuff. I would get, you know, rusted out brake lines. I would get uh, broken bolts on five fours for the exhaust oh, manifolds. Oh, God. Or I would get the spark plugs that were shot. Like I will get stuff like that. <laughs> and I would also get the seven threes that had rotted out oil pans. Okay. So one of the guys I worked with, he was like, oh, you don't have to pull the oil. You don't have to pull the engine on. That's bullshit. You do is you just take the turbo off. You jack the thing up drop the old pan, clean it up and let it sit over the weekend. And then, cause then all the oil would drip out, yep. clean it real well. You put the RTV cause uh, Ford had that gray silicone. We which used that, stuff that was like cement. Dude, we great. use that all the time. We have oh, uh, yeah. cam camshaft uh, cam housings on these Peugeot engines that we have. And that's what we swear by. It's great. It's amazing stuff. I actually, I still have a, when I left Ford, I bought a whole case of that stuff because they were talking, <laughs> they were talking about getting rid of it at one point. And I was like, Nope, I'm buying it. Cause I knew yeah. I was going to go work on Ford still. Cause my, yep. my shop at the time had like six, six liters. So put it back down. But apparently, uh, but when I, sp I did it instead of just wiping the surface one last time, I sprayed it again without thinking I was <sighs> 19. Well, what happened was it loosened everything up and leaked down. Yep. And then it just, so it came back like a week later. Jeez. I had to pull the motor, flip it over. I actually had to pull the motor this time. Yep. So after that, I was like, no, nope, I'm always pulling the motor. I don't care if I'm losing money. I was like, I had a 40-hour guarantee, and I was slow. Like, yeah, I, was yeah. not a, I was not a flat-rate mechanic. Still not. <laughs> still very slow. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was like, screw it. I'm just taking it out. It's just so much easier. Yeah, right? Oh, man, I, I'm telling you, next time you're on, I'm, I'm diving into – we're going to do just <laughs> diesel everything the whole time. Hours. So, all right, one um, – because it's the it's off off the cuff, I have to ask you an off the cuff question. So I'm gonna jostle up my fishbowl questions, and we're gonna <laughs> an, ask you what do we got today? If I can undo this, oh my god! 
There we go. I can't do that one. I already know what it's going to be. It was truck, car, or SUV. Oh, obviously a truck, yeah. All right. We're going to we're gonna switch this one. Um, when, see that one? I can already, I can, I, I know your answer. Work boots or shoes or like sneakers? Work, oh, work boots, easily. 24-7? Yep. Yeah, I actually, okay. uh, so I was in Atlantic City all this week and had my, I, I just switched over to Brunson's to try them. Okay. And uh, before that, I had my, uh, how are they? trying to blank now my thoroughgoods mm -hmm. and yeah so i always yeah i just cleaned them up i had my nice pair on so i wore those <laughs> the entire time with my dress pants and everything else didn't care dude i i would wear the hell out of my uh work boots and i would wear them home work out didn't matter what i was wearing where i was going i had the dirtiest pair of work boots on and i didn't give a rat's ass yeah, well, I, I rode uh, for most of my most of my adult life. I rode motorcycles everywhere, mm -hmm. so I got my motorcycle license at twenty one, and I bought my first bike at twenty one. I'd ridden dirt bikes when I was younger, but when I bought that bike, I was making payments on. I was like, if I'm paying for this goddamn thing, I'm riding it. Oh yeah. So from twenty one to about twenty five, twenty six, uh, I rode three hundred three hundred and forty you know days mm -hmm. out of the year, three hundred thirty days out of the year, almost every day back and forth to work. Wow. Uh, I remember going to, I had heated gear on, I would have my rain gear. I had everything. So Jeez. I always had, I always had work boots and jeans. That's always what I would wear. So yeah. Yeah. It just kind of continued on after that. Hey, it's always good. Which, um, which brunts did you get? Uh, I forget the, 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 the normal the, ones, I guess you could say the eight okay. inch. Uh, yeah. Oh, you got the eight inch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The eight inch Marins. Marins. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I have um, I have a love hate relationship with Brunt, and I I love their boots. They're the most comfortable boots. Lucas from Man Made says it perfectly that they're like that's slippers. actually yeah that's the reason why I actually bought them. I'm like I've seen him, you know. Yep. He obviously he works, so I was like, oh, whatever. Like it's not just some random person. They're like, oh, I have mm -hmm. my work boots on. So yeah, he oh, actually yeah. uses them. So. He does. And I saw him on his page a while ago um, and I fell in love with him. Immediately I got him. They felt great. Then I got one pair that the whole bottom of the sole was literally just coming apart. Um, it wore out. I, I went through a pair of boots in five months flat. I mean, those oh, boots okay. were toast. But I tried Thorough Goods, um, tried Red Wings. I actually loved my pair of thorough goods the problem was my feet would ache so bad at the end of the day and yeah i had to switch out their insoles i had to buy their extra insoles instead of the ones that came with stock oh. so i put i put different ones in it and i never had a problem with them i just at the time when i went to go buy the thorough goods the brunts were half the cost so i literally got two pairs of boots for the same i would yep. have paid for the thorough goods i'm like screw it what am i gonna lose like give it a shot oh yeah and then i know i know lucas had the the coupon code i'm like course yeah right well, it's, it's like it's a win-win so if they as long as they don't make my feet fall off then i'm fine oh yeah and then well, my problem is in my shop they did a uh they did a brushed finish on the floor uh-huh well it's like sandpaper Ooh. so it destroys boots so when i'm doing a lot of work in the shop you can tell because you can see my boots just getting filed flat wow yeah it sucks well, but well i mean that don't get me wrong. The Brunts are an amazing boot. Um, and I'm probably going to get flack for it because I went on this whole rant about how much, uh, how much of a disappointment it was to me. I, I loved those boots. Like it killed me to stop 
you know, buying them. But then I went back to them. Uh, I wear them every day now. And, um, you know, I figured, let me just give it another shot, see how they work out. But they are the most comfortable boot I've ever worn yeah. in my life. Yeah, honestly, they're they're right on par with the Thoroughgoods after I put the extra, uh, mm -hmm. the different insert in them. I really, I haven't, because I also have back problems too. And that usually stems from me trying to stretch my boots too long. Oh, so I usually, I usually get about a year out of my boots before I uh, end up having to swap them out. Oh, that's so. good. That's good. Well, with, um, with that, I got other questions for you. Um, Shoot. cause we can go, I'm telling you, we can probably do a four hour, <laughs> four yeah. hour episode. Um, but the first question that I got sent in, cause we did a questionnaire on, on my stories, uh, to, you know, see if who wanted to send in questions. And it looks like this might be one of your buddies that you might know rags 1301. Yep. Yeah. That's my, uh, long time friend. Okay. He goes, what's the biggest thing you've both learned in mastering your craft? So I'll let you take the wheel for this one. Patience. <laughs> patience. Yeah. That's a good I one. I need to learn a lot more of it, but patience. Yeah. It, it does the patience go for both work and also, uh, you know, your side business. Um, work is actually, it's just being patient with people, which I've always been actually okay with. To, I usually lose my patience after, you know, they leave. <laughs> That's when I usually wait to do it. Um, I just kind of curse about it and mumble to myself yeah. for a little while. And then I'm usually fine. Uh, working on projects, not so much. I usually, uh, if something doesn't go right, I need to walk away for a little bit because that something not going right may turn into it being broken. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have to go back and fix what I broke. But uh, yeah, yeah, old age in me is starting to kick in when I'm trying to learn a little bit more patience and take a deep breath if I need to. Yeah, I, I can I can sympathize with that. I, I would say patience is up there. Um, but the, what I'm trying to learn and teach myself is time management and organization yeah. because I'm neither of those. Um, I, I take on way too many tasks because I'm not organized enough to know that I have 10 other orders that I have to get to. So I'm like, oh, my, I got like nothing. I got a couple orders. I could do yours in no time. It'll take yeah. me like a couple weeks to do. And then three months later, I'm still not even done with it. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm pretty, cause I, my, my ability, cause I haven't been doing this. I mean, doing the smokers for a long time. Mm -hmm. but I've been in the prototyping stage the entire time. Like I've never actually gotten something where I'm like really, really happy with it. They've all ran really good. Like mm -hmm. I've never had a single complaint about any of them, the way they ran. It's just a matter of like, Oh, let me try this. Or I want to try this different hinge design or, yeah. well, I like this doing this way, or maybe I'll do it this way. Or the problem with propane tanks and air tanks is they're so they're, even though they're, they're kind of standardized, they're not. Yeah. And then also they're a, just a piece of metal under tension. So sure. depending on the manufacturer, they're under tension in different ways. So they could have, when they put the end caps on the tanks, they could have actually heated it up and properly pressed them in. And, or they could have taken a hundred ton press and <laughs> shoved it together. <laughs> and then you never know what's going to happen once you release that tension. It's like yeah, cutting yeah. a spring. It's like, boom, just pops over. Oh yeah. So that always adds to the, uh, the timeline is trying to account for all those wonderful things. And I'm terrible at that. I tell everybody my, my ability to forecast how quickly I'm going to get this done is terrible. Like I don't even 
I, I give them rough estimates. That's like a month to three months. Okay. I can't tell you. I could finish this in a week or I could finish it in three months. I don't know. Like it yeah, all depends yeah. on how my day job and how everything else, how my tools, if they're operating correctly or oh, everything yeah. lines up for me. Same thing here, man. And then um, we got our buddy, both mutual buddy and also the executive producer of this, uh, this fine podcast, Keith from Blackthorn Concepts. He said, uh, no questions. Just wanted to say Chris is a badass. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, and I know you do a lot of the smokers, which is there a smoker that, what made you get, actually, I'm going to sidebar. What made you get into building smokers? So I've always liked barbecue. Um, I actually, I love cooking. Mm -hmm. So I've always loved cooking since I was a little kid. And uh, going to culinary school was one of the possibilities for me. And I decided against that because I always, I was always told never make your hobby, your pat, your, your profession, because mm -hmm. you'll kill your hat, you'll kill your passion for it. And there's some truth to that. But um, at the same time, like I ended up so what happened was, is I never, I never knew how to weld when I was a kid. I actually, I, between myself, YouTube and a couple of my friends, they taught me how to weld. So I was working at my, the first school district I worked at, I was doing a leaf spring on an airbag international and they were rushing me. I, I lost focus on what I was doing and, uh, I just wasn't, wasn't really paying attention to what I was doing. So I'm cutting the U-bolts off and lo and behold, it actually fell down on the bumper jack and put all the weight on the axles. So the lead spring was mounted under the axle and it basically just wound the spring up. Wow. So when I cut the U-bolts, I was lucky enough to get my head out from underneath it, but my hand wasn't so lucky. Oof. So I actually crushed my hand and I have a huge scar that runs here and then runs down my arm wow. from where the blood all pulled up and everything. So I was out for like two or three months and I was actually supposed to be out for a lot longer, but that's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> beauty of workman's comp in New Jersey. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I was sitting there watching YouTube and that's when I was just starting out to learn and everything and learn how to weld. And I built one smoker, I think prior to that, because I wanted to try it. And also I wanted one for myself. I ended up selling that one actually. And then, um, I saw this guy that was on YouTube that I was watching. He's making these smokers. It sounds like two or three grand. And they look terrible. <laughs> it looked like he sneezed on the welds. I'm like, oh, I could fucking build something better than this guy. Uh... So when I saw that, I was like, all right, cool, I'll try it. So I actually, while I was still hurt, I went on Facebook Marketplace and I found a guy that was selling 10 60-gallon tanks for like 50 bucks. Oh, wow. I was like, all right, cool. So I loaded up. I, my girlfriend actually, uh, who's now my fiance, she was uh, she was in the truck with me and she helped me load them into the truck because I, I still <laughs> didn't have use of my hand. Yeah, yeah. So loaded everything up. And then once I got better, I started you know cutting them apart. I made my first one. That one ended up getting bought by a guy who owned a restaurant, not a restaurant, it was a deli, but he was making brisket and he wanted to smoke it. Okay. So he bought that one. So then I made another one and then I was making them for myself and I wasn't mm -hmm. selling them. And then the first commission I got was the first custom one I ever actually built that wasn't for me. And then it kind of snowballed after that. Wow. So yeah, I got into, originally I just got into it because I was like, oh, I know how to do it. I got the tanks, I got the welder, I got the shop now. I was like, oh, make me some extra money because I had, you know, I wanted to be home because at the time I was doing road work and I wanted to get away from doing road work. So I wasn't coming mm -hmm. home till 11, 12, one o'clock in the morning oh, and then damn. waking up at five o'clock in the morning to go back to work. Yeah. So I was trying to be home more and just kind of be more involved at the house. 
And then it kind of snowballed to where now I'm in the shop until 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Of, of course. At least, at least I'm right there. So they have no excuse. They could just walk through a door and come say hello to me. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, that is, you know, my wife and I, we were talking about like eventually, because this is my first house that I'm in now. And um, we keep going like we don't have any children. But when we have kids, we keep going like this place is a little small because like I have so much shit. Like downstairs, that's just literally, I keep migrating further and further into the house portion. Um, cause I have my full, the garage is packed. The back room is packed. The, now the basement's getting packed. And then, um, we just, it, the house is a little too small. So anyway, she's like, you know, well, maybe one day we move and, you know, we saw this house that had like this beautiful barn out back. And I'm like, the only problem with that is I like having my shop connected to the house. Cause I'd rather it like that. And I completely lost my train of thought on this. I, I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's very nice being able to literally walk downstairs and then be in your own like maker space. Um, yeah. And then yeah, I just I, walk through two doors and I'm right in there. Yeah. And and like you said, they, you know, they could just pop in whenever and say hi. And, and that's what she does. She walks down. She sees what's going on and then or scares the living hell out of me when I have my. Uh, oh, yeah. My headphones in. <laughs> yep. No, she'll come up. I'm like, God damn, I got to put a bell on you or something. <laughs> like, it's it's terrible. She'll scare the absolute crap out of me. Oh, yeah. I keep telling, I, I want to keep, I want to make something so that there's like a, a little flashing light so that she could just flick on a little switch so that I at least yeah. knows that she's coming down. Yeah. But it, it's, it's pretty good. So maybe one day I'll even have a bigger shop and then uh, it'll be attached. Do you, do you prefer to have it attached or would you like a detached, uh, like bigger shop? So I would love to have a bigger shop, but even if I just did an addition off the side. So right now I have like this, I, my buddies love to bust my balls about this, but it's called the breezeway. That's what it was called in my plans yep. of the house. So they love, oh, it's the breezeway. But uh, <laughs> so it's my breezeway that goes in and it separates the garage from the house, but it's still mm -hmm. all attached. And it actually works out beautifully that way because it helps insulate the sound. I mean, I have it fully insulated and I have uh basically the whole all the wall sheets and everything else mm -hmm. but it still gives me that separation to where i could be out there two o'clock in the morning using the chop saw cutting through you know two by two pieces of steel and no one really knows yeah everybody's fine everybody just goes to sleep yeah yeah so it's when I, my music is actually usually what carries through the most of the house really but yeah it's it's because where i have my speakers it's located like it shares a um a, call, a crawl space through the attic as well oh, okay. so it carries through the attic that way but for whatever reason the metallic sounds from cutting and grinding they really don't go that far hmm. or maybe they do and they just don't want me to get in the house more so they're like no no you're fine stay out there so, <laughs> that's very possible too it could be it could be <laughs> yeah you never know um now you talked about that you have you've made your own smokers before. Um, do you, how many do you currently own that are just for you and you'll never sell? Um, zero. So I, the one that I have right now is actually the prototype for the big and little money smoker or money pits that I'm making. Okay. And I'm going to, once I build another one, that one's probably going to get sold and then get your nose out of there. Sorry. My dog's sniffing around. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one's probably going to get sold. I've never had, I'm not, it's weird. I, ne I never really had attachments to stuff like that. Like this one's cool because it's the one that's got the big like super swamper tires on it and everything uh -huh. else. 
So it's just, it looks, it's like, it's stupid funny. Like to me, it's like, it's like, you know, the, having like the big super swampers on sit on top of like a Pontiac Fiero. Of like it's, it, it's, it's funny looking to me. So, but I did it just to try it cause I wanted to figure it out. And it was the first like cart model one I ever made. Nice. Um, yeah, that one's probably going to get sold once I make more of the actual the actual uh, pipe smokers I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then that way I have a better actual, you know, demo, demo version essentially of, what I can actually do with them and what I am doing with them. Okay. Um, but this one I use to, I rent out to people and like, or if they're trying to start a business and I'm just slow, so I can't really get it done fast enough for them, but they still want to try and at least start getting like a base established. Then I'm like, here, you can take this while I'm building yours. And then I'm actually going to be building a, uh, another, a tra- big trailer one that I'm going to be bringing to maker camp next year. Nice. So, and that's going to be my rental for other people as well, for either ones that are over, you know, they don't have a big enough smoker for an event they're doing or their smoker goes down and I got to fix it for them or something that like the, where they can have an in-between. Okay. That's good. And then every once in a while I can bring it to events like maker camp and cook. Yeah, absolutely. I I was not fortunate enough to try any of the barbecue because I I only had a spectator pass and, um, I, I got kind of kicked off and my, my wife and myself and our friends, the, the, we were all online. We didn't know. We just thought it was barbecue for everyone. And, yeah. um, the, the lady up front, the older lady who I come to find out was the lunch lady for, um, Oh, what's his name? Who puts on maker camp? I can't remember his name. It starts with an A. Oh, Austin. Austin. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the, apparently she was his lunch lady at his school or something like that. So she she lunch ladied us off the line and was telling us we don't have bracelets. I'm like, I don't know what we had to have. Yeah, yeah. She she was a very nice lady, but I was the one literally like running the fires the whole time, and then she kept checking my bracelet. I'm like, I, it fell off. Like it was covered in pork grease. I didn't want to have it on my wrist. Yeah, so right? yeah, she was she was a very nice lady. Once she recognized me, because I mean there, there was 700 people there. Oh yeah, and I and I looked like 540 of them. <laughs> So, I mean, there was a lot of bearded tattoo guys that had no hair that were there. So it's kind of hard to discern all of us from everybody. But that is, that is very true. Well, yeah, Austin, uh, Austin and his family definitely put on a good event, and it was a good oh, time. Yeah. The, the, was this your first year going up? No, uh, this is my second year going up. So this is okay. the first year I brought my own smoker. Mm-hmm. Um, the other gentleman, Will, who was um, he had the other bigger smoker that that we were cooking on as well. He was actually, he's one of Jimmy's friends. Okay. And I actually sold my flatbed to Jimmy DeResta. And then that's how I ended up getting hooked up with Will. Wow. And that's how I ended up going up to go help cook last year. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's really, really awesome. I, I, I was watching, you know, you guys cook and it smelt amazing. And hopefully next year I'll be able to get the, uh, the past. Yeah, to, definitely. You know, get some barbecue. Yeah. It's, I think you got to get this, at least a silver pass, I think is what it is. Yeah, uh, for next year. But. According to Keith, apparently you might be able to even buy the barbecue as a separate entity. So you, you might be buy, able to. Yeah, I think you can. You have to at least get like a maker pass, which next year we're going to be getting maker passes because we wanted to come up and see what it was all about. Um, you know, I heard so many things from Keith. I've heard so many things about from Lucas, but I I was so nervous to go. I was actually going to go last year and I chickened out. I didn't even buy the passes, nothing. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm so used to being alone in my shop 
that yeah. it's like, now I'm going to meet all these people that I talk to online. And like, my brain was like, what do I talk to? What do I talk about? Yeah. How do I bring up conversation? And it was perfectly fine. We had such a great time meeting everybody that you talk to online. Well, it's funny you say that. So, um, the, the guys from art of craftsmanship, um, uh, the, those two gentlemen, mm-hmm. they, uh, they were last year when I was there, we were just, I, I didn't know who they were. I just sitting there, I was just eating and they came up to me. I was by, I think I was by myself or I was with two other guys I had just met there. Cause I didn't know anybody. Like I knew some people, like I knew Chris Zepp from make everything. I like him and I had talked every once in a while. Um, cause we, we both have drainage problems in our shops. Mine's <laughs> in my basement. His is a shop. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it, like, I knew a few people here and there, or like Will, I had spoken with a bunch of times, just mm-hmm. trying to get everything and figure out how we were going to be doing the cook. But I, I didn't really know anybody. And like I said, I could sit there and talk for hours about nothing to anybody. <laughs> but at the same time, I was very, I had that like imposter complex where I was like, I shouldn't be here. Yeah, like, I definitely am surrounded by a lot of people that are much more skilled than I am. And they, so we sit there, we're eating dinner for like an hour and I was like, oh, they're like, oh, you should really try and get in the, like, try to do some podcasts and stuff like that. I'm like, I can't do that. I don't have that personality for that. Like, you just spoke to us. Like, we're complete strangers at <laughs> the podcast. I was like, you know, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. And then it kind of, it got like the gears turning. And then I was like, you know what? I actually, I have the ability to, I have that gift of gab that I can bring out every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I started doing it more and more. And then this year we, uh, teamed up with uh, Steve Pellegrino from Pellegrino Cutlery. They also helped mm-hmm. us. And then uh, a guy that Will actually met on a work trip like the week before, his name's Casey. He ended up cooking with us as well. So oh, wow. I once again felt like an imposter because I had two professional chefs, one guy whose whole life revolves around culinary and then me. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm going to run the fire. I know that really well. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll do that. You guys do everything else. I'm like, I'll run the fire. So... It was, I mean, it was fun. It was, I had a really good time and I was up for like 46 hours, I think. Oh, shit. I woke up at 6 a.m. on Saturday and I went to bed at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Except That's... for the two, the two or three minutes I fell asleep at like three, like 530 in the morning when Jeez. I was, I just sat down just for like a second and then all of yep. a sudden I was out and wow. then the fire, then the, the fire, uh, the fire went out a little bit, but it was very punky wood. They had given us as like a second round. Uh-huh. Um, we were using it in that burn barrel because that burn barrel I made, we were going to be using it to kind of sustain the fires. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was it was not happy. It wouldn't stay alight at all. Hmm. So ended up having to just run in straight off the oak. But yeah. It was a good time. I had a lot of fun. I, I can't wait to go back till next year already. Like I'm I know. Uh, we're, already we were ready to go. Yeah, man, we were already planning when we were there. We just got in. <clears throat> we started walking around and uh, we were, we all looked at each other and was like, next year we're coming and we're doing a maker pass so that we can do some of the forging, some of the other oh, yeah. you know, stuff that they got. Um, and, you know, the one the one thing is you, you always have people you look up to and you um, see them like you're like, oh, my God, they're. Like I never met Lucas before and I've talked to him for, I don't even know how many years I went through two Instagram uh, handles and still talk to him. (laughs) And we, we, we would just bullshit about the plow that I had, the truck that I had. And he was, you know, he's a Ford guy. So he was talking to me and just random stuff. Then I built crafted, uh, you know, crafted an NJ and then we still talked more. 
And it was just amazing to be able to be like, holy shit, I know you, but yeah. I don't really know you. I just know you from online. I Exactly. I watch your stories. I talk to you. And it was just insane to be able to see the people that we finally talk or that we talk to all the time in person. I met, oh, yeah. Lee, I met Lee from uh, Regal Street Workshop and he patted me on the back. You know, I, I didn't see him coming. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's Lee <laughs> who does these Friday videos that I watch all the time. And it's just awesome. And then the biggest highlight of besides me, you know, meeting everybody was uh, I knew Jimmy. I knew of Jimmy Duresta and I kept on saying like, y'all, maybe we'll see him or something like that. And we were up towards the top where the saw stop tent was where the green yep. street boys were. And, um, my wife and my, my buddy and his girlfriend were up there. And next thing you know, Jimmy Durest is right in front of us. He's talking to the, um, I, I forget what, what company it was. It was for those, uh, ovens. Uh, oh, hot shot. Hot shot. Thank you. And, uh, he was talking to them, you know, they were bullshitting. He turns around, starts walking towards us, stares right at us and goes, Hey, how's it going? And I was like, holy shit, yeah. it's Jimmy Duresta. And it's insane to go up there for a first time. And and like the the shock and awe of all the people coming together and no one fit. No, you, you said it perfect. You felt like an outcaster that or an outcast, you know, are not good enough because you have people who are doing a thousand things better than you when you're there you don't feel that way at all. It's oh, like all. that all goes away and everybody's on this perfectly fine level. Everybody is the same. Oh, yeah. at camp. And I loved it. It was a great feeling. I, we didn't stay long, long or, you know, we didn't stay until the burn happened or anything like that, but man, that was it. That was an awesome time up there. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was funny because most of the, most of the people that follow me on Instagram, like they're not, in the maker community they're in the barbecue community mm -hmm. so like i was i would mention it like almost every story at that point especially when it got to like two or three weeks away i was i was stoked i couldn't wait oh yeah i mean i i because I, I i was very lucky enough that the 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 cookers that i cooked on they were actually a customer i made them for and he was kind enough to lend them to me okay and so i was able to go pick them up i went to go pick them up brought them up i had taken that whole week off make sure my dog's not gonna unplug the computer <laughs> um come here what good boy what, what kind um, of dog a hundred percent blue nose pit bull okay my absolute best friend he's a good boy that's good um yeah i had the door closed and he figured out a way to open it up <laughs> they always so, do yeah yeah he could hear me through it he's upset that i wasn't next to him of course but uh yeah so i was i was i got up there thursday morning like thursday-ish afternoon and it's crazy that you met like how you know, especially with jimmy how he was like oh hey how's it, how's it going so when he first i had posted my my truck up on facebook marketplace and everything and i also had posted it on my stories just to see if anybody wanted it well one of jimmy's friends actually just hey i know you love these chevys here you go and so he actually messaged me like directly and i was like Oh, shit. DM. I was like, holy oh, shit. And um super nice. Like he sat there. I went to his shop. That's where that's where he ended up putting it. But he also brought me back to his house, wow. showed me his barn and everything. I'm like, <clears throat> you have no reason you have to do this. Like, yeah, I know about you, obviously. I've known I've been watching him since they 
on YouTube, he used to say to rest the cut in the titles. Uh-huh. Like I watched him since I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So no reason he had to, like, there was no ulterior motive. It wasn't like I was giving him a better deal because he was touring me at the <laughs> shop. And yeah, he just took me around super nice. And he remembered me this year, which I was very surprised about because obviously wow. he meets a lot of people. Oh, he's yeah. like, yeah, you lost weight because I was fat last year. I mean, I'm still <laughs> fat, but I'm fat, less fat. And he's like, oh, you, you look good. I was like, oh, shit. You know, I, was, I was not expecting that at all. And he's just super nice. Like, that's why that documentary that um, Call Me yep. Baby put out, like, it was perfect. Like, it really encapsulated how nice of a person he is. Yeah, it's it's quite funny because uh, watching his, his show on Netflix, Making Fun, you know, yeah. but my wife was like, oh, he's, he's like, you know, he, he, she laughed at a lot of stuff, but then when he was like the bad guy to the kids, it was like, oh, come on. You know, yeah. does he have to be that way? I'm like, it's probably just put on or, oh, yeah, no, oh, no. yeah. she was actually saying it was put on and I'm like, he might be that way. But <laughs> when you, when you meet him in person, he's a completely different. And we both were like, holy shit. That was like. You know, and he said it perfectly in his documentary that he he always engages, even if he doesn't know you, he'll engage because then it yeah. just starts the conversation. And it's not like yeah. you're standoffish at that point. It, it was yeah, no, you have to be like that. Like you, you can't it's it's hard to go through life not trying to have conversations like I, I have, you know, people who are horrible with small talk. And I mm-hmm. still find like I, I'm one of the few people my buddy always used to tell me that we would go to parties or we go to like bar crawls and stuff like that. And you're like, I never have to worry about you. You could be in a room full of strangers and you'll all of a sudden I'll turn around, you'll be gone and you'll be having a conversation with somebody for like an hour. Yeah. It is what it is. That's talent because I'm, I'm very shy. So like when I'd have to be like, if when I went up there, I didn't want to, I didn't know how to approach anybody because like I said, it's like your idols. Like everybody is even meeting Keith. Uh, he's an, he's an asshole most of the time, but he's, <laughs> he's still Keith from black Thorn. And I'm like, I've talked to you a thousand times online, but I don't know how to talk to you in person. And I feel like I, I don't want to stumble. You know, I don't want to do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing. And then what, but once I get comfortable, I'm fine with it. Yeah. But meeting new people is like, for me, I, I wish I had the ability to just literally talk to the most random people. But, you know, it's funny because when I do craft fairs, I'll talk to anybody. But yeah. when I'm, it, when I would go to maker camp, I was like, I, I don't know who to talk to. It's, well, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I'm very lucky. I inherited that from my mom. My mom yeah. always had the, had the gift of gab, but it was uh, with Maker Camp. It was interesting because, like, even though you may not all have the same interest, like the area of interest, like it could be leather workers, woodworkers, metal workers, whatever, but you're all interested in making something. Yeah, and that's what it was amazing how that really connected everybody together. Because I didn't have one person that I know of, at least that was, and I'm not well known at all. I was just the guy with the shovel, and I'm not exactly <laughs> the most like. I'm also not the most approachable looking person either i've been told that many times i have a very resting scary face okay um so it was it, but everybody would come up to me they would ask me about the fire and stuff like that because also there's not a lot of people who like everybody loves barbecue one way or another it's, it's very hard even barbecue vegetables like smoked vegetables people still like yeah, yeah like it's very hard to find somebody who doesn't like or if they have had smoked food they've had it made by somebody who didn't know what they were doing mm-hmm. and that's why they didn't like it so because you can, if you know what you're doing, you can either make it heavily smoked, lightly smoked, and 
you can play with it just by playing with the fire. You don't have to do anything. Oh yeah. So you can, you can play with the fire and then get six different dishes out of it. Wow. Like it's, it's just a matter of, and I haven't even been doing that long. It's just that I'm very, I'm lucky. I have an obsessive portion in my head where I love playing with fire. So <laughs> I'll sit there for, you know, the 16 hours and I'll stare at a fire all day and I'll be fine. Yeah. So, and that's why I told the other guys, I'm like, go get your rest. You guys are going to need it. Cause you're going to be dealing with people tomorrow. I'm not, I'm just going to be playing with fire. So <laughs> as long as I don't fall into the fire, I'm fine. Like, who cares? Like, it's not going to care if my eyes are half open or if I'm slurring my words cause I'm tired. Like, it's not going to care about that. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if I'm serving food, people are going to be a little worried if I'm slurring my words. <laughs> so, so what, what is the, what's your favorite thing to cook on, on the smoker? Um, if I have the time, I love doing brisket. Okay. But if I don't have the time, like ribs and pulled pork, because you can, you can still get really good pulled pork in like six hours, just doing hot and fast. And, mm -hmm. or if you, what a lot of people, you know, frown upon, but and that's the one thing that's always annoyed me. It's similar to how, like with woodworking, everybody used to give so much shit to everybody using pocket holes. Mm -hmm. Like it's, an, it's still a form of joinery. Like it's, yeah. It takes just as much effort to do a pocket hole as it does either, uh, honestly, using a domino for as much as I love. Like, that's way out of my range of being able to afford. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, use a dowling jig, use pocket holes, whatever you have to do to get it done, you get it done. Mm -hmm. Well, people in the barbecue world are the same way with pellet smokers. Oh. So, like, people give so much shit to these people that use pellet smokers. But guess what? They have their place, the same place that, you know, pocket holes and biscuits and everything do in woodworking. Yeah. So it's very, it's, it's always been interesting to kind of share that along, but same thing, like with, when you're smoking, like everybody's like, oh, you got to finish it on the, on the fire. Well, once you wrap whatever you're cooking, who cares? Like it's heat at that point. Yeah. Like it's not getting anything else. Throw in the oven. So usually <laughs> that's what I'll do is I'll cook it on the smoker until, especially if my time management is terrible, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll throw it on the smoker until it's to the point where I'm going to wrap it and then I'll throw it in the oven. Yeah. And then I'll just finish it in the oven and take all night. I don't care. I'm going to sleep. Like I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's honestly, if I had a pellet smoker, I would do the same thing. I would just, all right, cool. Set it. See you tomorrow. Yeah. And... My, my pops has a pellet smoker. He, he, my, my, my pops is a, a man who buys a lot of new toys and he always <laughs> has something new. So on his deck and he doesn't have a huge deck. He's got uh, a pizza oven. He's got the pellet smoker. He's got a regular grill. He just got a flat top. And there's probably going to be something else in the works. But he went from, I don't know if you though you ever hear of the, Web, uh, the Weber Smoky, uh, no, the Rocky Mountain Smoker. Yeah. It was, looked like a little rocket ship. Yeah. He, well, he, he gifted that to me, and I still have yet to use it. And I keep saying, I want to make ribs. I want to do this. I want to do that. Those those, those, those little smoky mount. Actually, the guy that I just built that 334, the one that had the bowl on the side of it, uh -huh. uh, before he bought that for me, he was actually cooking for quite a few people using like two or three of those Weber Smoky Mountains. Wow. Like he was using a couple of those. And they make great barbecue. Like That's the thing is that there's like I've made brisket on my little Weber kettle using a slow and sear, <laughs> which is, it, it's a, basically it's like a fire basket with a griddle on top and it forces that kind of like, you know, offset smoke. Okay. I made a, I made great briskets and pork and pork butts and it was su It was the easiest cook I ever had. Wow. Like basically just add charcoal, a couple of chunks of wood. I mean, you're not getting the same bark or like super smoke flavor that you would on an offset, 
But unless you're going for a competition or like you really, really are feeling that flavor, mm-hmm. if you don't have the time or if you want to go do other stuff, like I don't care what anybody says. If you're running an offset, unless there's a computer controlled fan on that thing or you paying somebody to shovel wood into it and mess with the fire, <laughs> you got to be pretty close to it. Yeah. Like at least every half hour to 45 minutes, maybe an hour if it's warmer out or if you have a dip, depending on the design of the smoker, you're still messing with it. Oh, so yeah. these people that always love to say like, oh, I got two or three hours worth of sleep. It's like most of the time your temperature's dropped. And that's the honestly consistency is the most important thing when it comes to any, any, any kind of cooking is that you don't, unless it's specifically designed to do that, like you're, whatever you're cooking, yeah. a nice flat curve for your temperature is really where you want to be. Oh, because yeah. if you're hot and cold, hot and cold and hot and cold, and you're just making those muscle fibers go in and out. Oh, yeah. So, well, I, 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 I think I know who I'll be hitting up when I break out that that little uh, Smoky Mountain cooker. Because they're, they're actually really cool, and you can do a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of good videos about out, about them out there. Yeah. Actually on YouTube. I, I never realized he, he, my father dives into a lot of things and, and dives head first. He'll research the hell out of it. He'll continue to look after he buys it and then he'll find modifications and whatnot. Oh yeah. He, when he gave it to me, he goes, go on this website. And it was just a smoky mountain website. And he goes, oh, yeah. they will tell you how to put the coals, how to do coals in like different ways, how to put the meats, how to do this. And I read it and I was like, holy shit, there is a thousand bits of information on this. And oh, yeah. all I want to do is I just want to fire it up real quick and then see how I could do it, you know? Yeah. But the sucky part is I never have time to, you know, one, I got to well, clean cool it. about those is that they are kind of, depending on how you do the coals and everything, they uh-huh. are kind of like a not set it and forget it, but set it and go do something else for an hour or two. That, like you're, that's not, what, you're not really messing with it too much. Yeah. That's what he was trying to say. And, and I just got to get time just to mess with it. So oh, yeah, no, you want to, you want to give yourself a little bit of leeway that way in case you're, you destroy dinner. It's like, all right, well, I guess we're going to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, when probably next year, once I, once I get through the winter, hopefully this winter is not that bad. Um, then I, I, cause it sits in my shed now, you know, it's all covered and whatnot, but it's like, I keep looking at it and keep going. I really love ribs. I really want to make ribs. I have the opportunity to do so. So let me just do it one day, one day I'll do it. I mean, I have, uh, I have my, my, my offset sitting right in front of my house. Every time I look, (laughs) I sit in my living room, it's right there. And I have a big stack of wood right next to it. And (laughs) I've had it back now for two months, I think. I haven't fired it up once. Jeez, one day you will. So, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm ho- I got. I'm bringing it to my shop to cook for my bus drivers. Okay. Um. So, I'll be doing. Uh, I'll be doing that probably in the next couple of weeks. I think. You so do I'll be doing like either. You do private gigs by any chance? Not really. Um, I have a couple of guys that I've built stuff for. I've worked with that they usually do it. Yeah, but I did uh, like this maker camp was the most I've ever cooked for in my life. Really? Um, that was like 550 people. I think we cooked for. Wow. So that was that was definitely an experience. I've never done that much. Uh, and actually, last maker camp was the last most the, the the next most I've ever cooked for. And then after that has been my bus drivers, where I cooked for anywhere between like 30 to 60, depending on who decides to show up. Nice. That's awesome. But, yeah, it's like a nice little thing. Like it'll be a Thanksgiving thing, so I'll, I might do smoked turkeys, or I may just do briskets or pulled pork, and 
And they usually show up at like six o'clock the night before, get the fires lit, get everything prepped and just cook through the night. And then I work the next day while we're doing everything. And then I go home. Wow. Yeah. That is awesome, man. That That's really, it's really awesome. Uh, you'll fun. have to, you'll have to send me the address for this bus company because uh, I'll come down. <laughs> hey, it's right, right up in Morris County. So not oh. too far. Mark, yeah, you're not far at all. I did. Why did I think you were way down south? So I live in Hunterdon County. My shop is in Morris. Oh, okay. That's yeah. why I was getting a little confused. Yeah, I live on I live on the PA border. Oh, okay. Basically. PA down south. Oh, wow. Wait. No, no, no. I'm like I'm I'm maybe ten minutes south of seventy eight. What What town did you say? Milford. Mil- Milford, New Jersey. Yeah. Where the hell? I learn new towns all the time. So, yeah, this is me. it's a it's a little it's a kitschy little river town. It's actually kind of cool. Oh, you uh, really I are out, on the border. Yeah, no, I, I can. I, if I threw a baseball hard enough, I could hit the Delaware River. Holy um, shit! But uh, no, it's it's a kitschy little river town. It's like part of that whole like five nineteen route twenty nine river stretch. Yeah, yeah, that leads yeah. Into like New Hope and Frenchtown and all that area. Okay, I know exactly where you are now. Um, for some reason, when when somebody says that they're on the border of PA, my brain immediately goes to northern New Jersey and like, like Montauk. Yeah, that's why yeah. I'm like, are you close to me? And but well, you're, I grew, I, I grew up in Whippany in Morris in Morris County, uh, so that's right, okay. right outside of uh, like Parsippany, East Hanover, that area. Well, okay, bus company is this on Route 46? Right off of Route 46. So my actual shop, like the school district's off of Route 10, but we're all in that little area. Uh, okay, because my my buddy used to live in uh, Lake Hiawatha, which is in okay. Persephone, and he worked at a bus company for maybe a few months, maybe six months or so, and it was right on Route 46. And uh, There's a couple, but uh, I know um, Kiva Con- it used to be Kiva Connor, then it was STA, and now I think it's actually craft maybe but uh they were right on 46 in pinebrook yeah yeah i think rental was uh, right next yep. door to them yeah that yeah. big ass junkyard was right across the street oh okay yeah 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 that's where he used to work and um at, when you said you know uh parsippany i was like i wonder if he worked with you no i never worked over there but i actually i know a couple guys i used to work with that ended up going over there when okay. the bigger companies bought them all out wow Crazy stuff, man. Small. I, I, I was really getting really, really excited that you were like on the border of the PA, like up my way. That's why. But no, only... no, I'm, I'm, I'm not that far. I'm literally my shop is right off of Route 80. Yeah, and your your town is only an hour and a half from me. It's not that yeah. bad. No, it's not um, far at all. I mean, it's I'm, I'm like smack dab in the middle of the actual. I don't count South Jersey. Like to me, and my my fiance <laughs> hates this. But like Trenton and anything like anything south of seventy eight, like another like twenty miles south of me, that's all South Jersey. That doesn't count. That's 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 Kentucky down there. You hear that, Keith? You don't count. <laughs> no one likes I, the South. It's I was just down there. It's I mean it's beautiful in the like the Wharton State Forest area. Mm-hmm. I like it down there, but I like mountains. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's what we got around us. I'm yeah, right here. Way. You know Mountain Creek. Yeah. By any chance, yep, I'm 10 minutes away. Oh, okay. So it, and uh, I just have to put it out there as a disclaimer. Keith, um, we still love you. 
even though you're in South Jersey and even though you That's call right. it pork roll and it's Taylor. Oh, ham. I hate that. Oh, so I get into so many, I get into so many arguments with my fiance about that. She hates it when I do it. But even down here, like, so, I mean, we're, we're kind of like on that cusp where if you oh, go like yeah. 10 miles North, it's, it's Taylor ham around here in 10 miles South. People port, it's like kind of a mixed Taylor ham pork roll. Yeah. You got to be careful of what you ask for. Can I just have that shit over there? Yeah, just just the, the, the pink stuff over there, please. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, man. I get in arguments about it a lot just because I love – I don't understand why people get so pissy about it, but it's so much fun, especially South Jersey people. Oh, just yeah. Poking them. Adamant. But, they are oh, adamant yeah. that is pork oh, roll. Yeah. yeah, well, she's from yeah. Trenton, so, of course, you know, Trenton pork roll and all that, yeah. Trenton Tower ham and all that, yeah. That's exactly it. No, I grew up uh, knowing it as Taylor ham, and that's what I'll – die knowing it as oh yeah no that's all i'll call it so um i had something else to ask you oh my god there was <laughs> another question about the smokers um but i can't I, this is what happens this is why it's all off the cuff because i can't remember shit um awesome. so you you were talking to me about your uh, cnc plasma and yeah. you i see a video here uh that just got posted up three days ago uh what I, I, why still not square? Uh, so it's, an old, it's, a, it's an old table and it was a used table. I bought off of a trailer manufacturer and mm-hmm. I, there's a few things that are wrong with it. So the company, I believe, I can't tell if this is actually like a complete table assembly from them because they also used to sell the series one as just a gantry kit. Okay. So that's one part. So I don't know if this is actually the OEM table or if they might have modified it or if they had to replace it at one point or whatever. So I also don't, uh, it looks like when they would pick it up, because even when he loaded it on my trailer, he picked it up with a forklift, mm-hmm. which I would have figured was all fine and good. But then if you look at the way the table is, it's actually cambered or it's like, it's got that Ooh. nice little raise in it, similar to how a flatbed when you have, you know, yeah. an empty tractor trailer. So I was like, all right, well, maybe if I put water in it, it'll flatten it out. It did a huh. little bit, but not. Not off. Uh, it did. Sorry. It did a little <laughs> bit, right. but uh, it didn't perfectly flatten it out. And then if you look at my rails, the rails do this too. Oh, wow. And also, it does. So there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of stuff that I'm sure for like a trailer manufacturer is fine. They're cutting ovals out. Yeah. It wasn't really like they had to really worry too much about it. But huh. I'm trying to get nice squares and nice circles and. Like for the stuff I already cut out, it's actually fine. It really doesn't matter because they're all, you know, they're all complex parts in the sense that there's nothing square on them. Mm-hmm. And the roundness of it, I'm not too worried about because I was going to drill it out anyway. Yep. So as long as it's, it's in the same area, I don't care. Like I'll just, I'll, 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 I'll ream it out to where I need it to be anyway because it's all going to accept brass bushings. Yeah, yeah. But when I started cutting out my bigger pieces of plate, like, and it wasn't terrible. It's only off by half a degree here or a sixteenth off there. But the problem is I'm trying to use it to kind of get that production style going. And for me to be able to just slap it into a jig, I need it to at least be close. Yeah. And that's not close enough for my where I want it to be <laughs> as far as quality goes. Because then I'm gonna have, you know, well beads this fat up at the top and then it might yep. be none at the bottom. And that may not affect some people, but I don't want somebody looking at it and be like, Well, hell, this was assembled like crap like I don't yeah want, why would i want, want that it to look right exactly okay. i want it to look right and i also want it to be consistent too because that way i know if it's consistent then all of a sudden if out of nowhere i go and find that all of a sudden something's not lining up mm-hmm. well what changed 
Yeah, you know, yeah. Actually going in. But if everything is always different, then I never know what's wrong. Yeah. So tomorrow, actually, because I'm off tomorrow too. So okay. I'm going to spend my morning trying to square it up to the rails instead of trying to square it up to the water table because the water mm-hmm. table is not square. So okay. I got to find some reference spot to square it off of. So I'm going to do it off the one rail, make sure they're at least somewhat parallel, and then kind of go yeah. from there. But did, it's. Did you try unplugging it and plugging it back in? Oh, I do it all the time. <laughs> I, I just, I just hope it's like, come on, work. And yeah, yeah. you just hope that the electricity, electricity just makes it go back straight and it's fine. It's well, what's funny is that, uh, so like with the serial data cable, each individual movement is actually an individual pin. It's assigned a pin in the port and everything. Okay. So what was funny is that like the one day when I, I looped it, I went to go turn it on. The 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 gantry wasn't moving, but everything else was responding. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Huh. And then that's when I just tapped it, and all of a sudden it came to life. I'm like, all right, <laughs> well now I got to figure this one out. Yeah. So, and then that's where it, it's just it's funny how like sometimes I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna put it back to the way it was. Like, yeah, of course. Or like I'll I'll sit there and mess with parameters, and all of a sudden it starts going crazy. I'm like, all right, I'm shutting it off and turning it back on again. Yeah. Like, maybe that'll work. But. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 nuts how so simple sometimes you can just restart it and all of a sudden it starts working again. A, a real quick funny story that you just made me remember was um, on our units we have you know sometimes we have to update the software and whatnot for update changes or something like that and we can update it via flash drive. So we put a flash drive in, it comes up. What do you want to do? Click on the option and. The, when we do this one particular, when we have to update the HMI, the human machine interface, interface um, right. w- it takes a really long time to do it. And the one fear is that it's going to lock itself up. And then once it locks up, you can't unlock it. It's oh, screwed yeah. at that point. So you have to replace it. Well, I I had another job. So I said, let me just put the upload software. I did it. I see the progress going. I was like, perfect. I walk away. I come back like an hour or so later and the thing's frozen about midway of this progress. And then I'm like, holy shit, I just fucked up this expensive piece of equipment. And then I just said, you know what? <laughs> Let me just turn it off and turn it back on. The thing worked great. And it said uh, download or upload complete. I was like, what? I've never had to do this before. Why did it do it now? Yeah. It is the strangest. Sometimes you pray and hope that turning it off and turning it back on will fix the issue. And sure shit, and it did. Sometimes it really does. Like I have that happen quite a bit when I'm doing like, all right, well, let's let's disconnect the batteries, reconnect the batteries, see what happens. I mean, <laughs> maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. And, and five times out of ten, it works. Like it'll all of a sudden, you know, it'll come back. What are you doing? <laughs> You can tell my uh, my stepson needs to clean his room. He's smelling way too many things in here. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's amazing how like out of nowhere it'll it'll start working and then like all right, well, I, I guess I fixed it. You you you're <laughs> very hesitant to say it's fixed because you're like I don't even know what I did to f- fix it. I yeah. Like- well, so like we have uh, on these DD fives, these wonderful DD fives of mine. They have an issue where they do an SCR conversion catalyst. It's it's not converting the S, it's not converting the DEF in the way it wants to. Mm-hmm. So 
Detroit's way of fixing it. There's no reason why. So what's happening is it's dumping. It's a it's a combination of a couple of things. It's not getting hot enough to burn off all the crap in the filter. Okay. So their fix is to run as many regens with the dosing nozzle, which dumps the DEF in, disconnected. So that oh. way it doesn't cool it off and it actually burns everything off. Oh. Then once it gets to a certain point, you reconnect it. Then you have to run an SCR test as many times as you need to, to get this other number to read one. Oh. And it takes like 12 hours. Holy shit. Yeah. And it's like, I have 15 of these. And you're literally <laughs> killing like weeks for me doing this. And I've had to do it now, I think 25 times, 30 times. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a constant problem. And then it's actually got, it leaves a permanent code to where if it sends uh if it senses that code again, it derates it right or right. Like it doesn't even have to give you a warning. It just immediately derates it. Wow. And the only way to get rid of that code is basically going through drive cycles, turning it on, turning it off, turning it on like 30 times before Jesus. it'll actually clear the code. It's so stupid, but it's once again, it's like, well, maybe if I just turn it off and turn it on enough times, maybe it'll actually clear. <laughs> and it sometimes works. Sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes it works. Of course. Aye, aye, aye. Well, we've been going for almost an hour and a half at this point, and <laughs> I could easily talk to you a bunch more, but I'm going to save it for the next time that you're on because I'm telling right, you right cool. now I'm having you back on. Yeah, definitely. So, I to. so with that, um, any any final words that you want to say to the, the off-the-cuff uh, listeners? I just thank you for having me and looking forward to the uh, the next conversation. Anytime, man. Anytime. And with that, we're going to wrap up episode 15 of Off the Cuff Podcast with AJ from Crafting and NJ, which is myself, and Chris, the wonderful guest from Green Money Fab on Instagram. Go check out his work. He's doing some amazing stuff with, uh, I'm guessing those, you said those were just regular barrels, which doesn't, which blows my mind. So those are actually, uh, they're 24 inch pipes that are three eighths of an inch thick. Wow. That's some yeah, they're heavy. heavy duty. Yep, and then the fireboxes are the same thing, three-eighths of an inch thick. Okay. So yeah. It ends up weighing like 600 pounds, oh, wow. just like the white-duty model. Wow. So they're not even they're not even just t uh, like the, the tanks you were talking no. about anymore. No, no, they're just they're steel pipes. It's just it's so much easier because it's a nice, consistent yep. wow. dimension. So They look nice, man. They really do. Thank you. I appreciate it. You really do an amazing job at your craft, and uh, it, it's awesome to be able to talk to you because it's – like I said, I feel like I'm talking to myself at this point because we have so much that we can relate to and uh, I could pick your brain for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> so with that, like I said, we're going to wrap it up. If you want to get a hold of myself, you can reach me over at Crafted and NJ at um, you can reach me at Crafted and NJ on Instagram. You can also send me an email at Crafted and NJ at gmail.com. And uh, you can reach Chris over at Green Money Fab on instagram and then check out his work and check out his instagram as well uh you have sweatshirts for sale by any chance oh yes i do actually i have right. uh, I, th I think i have a couple of extra larges i'm actually in the process of switching over to a different company to where it's like kind of a like direct garment type thing okay so you just instead of having a stock you just press the order and... all right well when when you get those I'll, I'll be ordering one awesome thank you so with that um if you guys have any comments Questions, concerns, 
topic ideas. If you want to be a guest on the next episode of Off the Cuff or know somebody that could be on the next episode, please send me a message via Instagram or email. Um, just so you know, that is my chair making some weird noises. It's not me farting over here. With that, we're going to sign off and uh, hope everybody has a great evening uh, because we're recording late on a Thursday, but you guys are going to be hearing this on Saturday morning. So hopefully you have a great day. And uh, I just wanted to say I love you all. Hope you have a great time. And thanks again to Chris for coming on the 15th episode of Off the Cuff. Thank you for having me. Anytime, man. Anytime. With that, we will talk to you later.